And we're live. Mary Alice Birdwhistle, welcome to the first ever episode of Pastors and Parishes Eating Pizza. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be here. Um, let's start with your name, Birdwhistle. How often do you get asked <laughs> about that? All the time. You know what's funny is, so you're from Kentucky. Yes. My hero, Wendell Berry, is from Kentucky. That's right. And I feel like if you were going to write a Kentuckian character in a book, the, the name would be like Birdwhistle. What does that mean? Does it mean bird whistles or where, where is it from? English, British? It's English, yeah. And okay. so it's funny, people hear it and they assume it maybe it's Native American, but mm. we are pasty white as you yeah. can be. But the bird whistles are really located in Kentucky, so. Okay. Um, is Kentucky every, every bit as beautiful as Wendell Berry makes it sound? Yes. And what part are you from? I'm from central Kentucky, so right around where all the horse farms are. Do you ever go to the Derby? I've been to the Derby once. Was it awesome? It was incredible. It was, our family made the decision that year that we could either go to the Derby or we could go on vacation because it's it's that big of a deal and we went to the Derby, but okay. it was awesome. So it's expensive, vacation yeah. or the Derby. Right. How much to just get in and watch? Well, and there's so many different places. I mean, you could stand in the infield and, you know, never even see a horse all day. Or you oh, really? Or get tickets to have boxes or be in all these different places. What'd so. you guys do? <laughs> Where'd you sit? We had pretty good seats. My dad worked for the governor at the time. I like so. that. Who was the governor? His name is Ernie Fletcher. How, uh, how, what was the most significant person you ever ran into because of your dad's job? <laughs> Ernie Fletcher? Where's this going? No, I'm just curious. I like, like, did you, what, 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 what years was this? 80s, 90s, hmm. 2000s? I was in college, so this was 2000s. Did you ever get uh, meet George W. Bush then, run into him? No. Okay. <laughs> Think about it. Come back the, to this. The answer. cool thing was we got to ride the Derby train, so it leaves from downtown Frankfurt. Okay. And it's this really cool train that takes you all the way to the Derby. You eat breakfast on the way, you spend the day at the Derby, and then on the way back it becomes like the party train and well, all fun. the way back to Frankfurt. What's the, uh, what do people drink at that? Isn't there a drink for the Derby? It's like a... Uh, mint juleps. Mint juleps. That's what I'm trying to think of. That's the are those good? Yeah. What are the gin? Something. Yeah, I don't even know. That's okay. really sad. All right, Mary Alice. <laughs> this is going great, Josh. This is why people tuned in, all three listeners. Hey, how long have you been at this church, Calvary Baptist Church? So I've actually been at Calvary about nine years. Okay. Hey, before yeah. I forget, what do you want your intro song to be? I get an intro song? Yeah. Any song you want. Give me more time to think about that. Well, you can think about it during the thing, but if you don't answer, then I'll have to text you and figure it out. Okay, okay. nine years. You should, you should play Roar by Katy Perry. That'd be fun. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Roar by Katy Perry. I love it. Um, you, um, you've you been here nine years. You weren't always the yes. senior pastor. No. You made your way up through the ranks. So I started as children's minister. Part-time, full-time? Part-time. Okay. When I was in seminary. Um, really my, most of my background in ministry was in children's ministry. And so when I moved down here to go to seminary at Truett, they said, Hey, there's a church that's looking for a part-time children's minister if you're interested. Um, and little did I know that this is exactly where I needed to be. So, so uh, is, is pastoring children better than pastoring adults? I would think so. <laughs> it has some perks. Yeah. Um, I, I do love kids. Um, and one of the, the neat things about this is that I, have gotten to remain in the church since I've seen children grow up or graduate and I've gotten to Any kids ever uh, write you an email about what you said in the 
<laughs> Not so the much. The children's lesson? But they draw the best pictures. They write oh. you the sweetest notes. See, that's great. Right. I, I can find some to show you later. Um, one time a little girl drew me a picture and it looked like I was like shooting a building. And I was like, what is this? And then I realized she had drawn the sanctuary and what I thought was a building were the pews. And <laughs> what I thought was a gun was the pulpit. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, and then I have a picture on my refrigerator that says, she is saying a preach. That's my favorite thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's like it. a t-shirt. Right. You make your money doing that. <laughs> All right. Did you want to be a pastor growing up? Oh, gosh, no. What did you want to do? Oh, it changed by the week. Um, but I just, I mean, I never saw a female pastor, so I didn't even know that was a thing yeah. for a long time. So you grew up with theology that didn't say females be pastors. Right. Okay. I, and when I felt a call to ministry, I was very affirmed in that, but I was given limited pathways for what that was going to look like for hey, me. Hey, you're more Baptist than I am. And all I mean by that is I don't understand it. <laughs> so why, what's the difference in Baptist life when you go on a website and they call it pastor versus minister? Is that like the difference between a license and ordination or something? No, I, I don't even know that. I think churches just use different languages. and But it's like intentional because of like the pastor of this, pastor of this, youth minister. Like what happened to pastors? Now, sometimes in Baptist, in more conservative Baptist churches, what you'll see is it's like a rank. Right? Men are called pastors or ministers, and then women are called directors. They're not called ministers. Okay, like that's even what I minister. grew up seeing. Yeah, even okay. to be min- children's minister All right. versus director. So, okay, what do you like about being a pastor? <laughs> we're we're just shooting through this, aren't we? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tear through this. <laughs> I. I really love preaching. I mean, it's one of the hardest things I do week after week, but it's also my favorite part. Yeah, I always tell people I have a love-hate relationship. Yeah, yeah. And then I love just getting to share life with, I mean, such a diverse group of people. Like, I'm never bored. There's always something going on, some group of people to be with, um, and so many different spaces of their lives to be part of, and that's, that's pretty special. Hmm. Uh, you know what's interesting? I had a friend point out once. Well, you know Austin Fisher. Yeah. This is years ago. We were talking about preaching, and he's like, it's really the one place in America where people still come to hear somebody talk hmm. for like 30 minutes of their life, or however long it's from. But that is really astounding mm-hmm. that that survived, because people don't tend to value the monologue like they used to. Yeah. That's like product of postmodernism, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What do you like least about being a pastor? Hmm. Don't say anybody's name. <laughs> it's It can be a heavy weight to carry. I mean, I remember the day I became pastor, I literally just felt like, oh, there's a weight with this that I've never sure. felt before. Where does that weight um, come from? Is that self-inflicted? A lot of it is self-inflicted. You want to um, do it well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's the spiritual component of you're entrusted to the care of this mm. congregation. I think there's also the all of a sudden you're the the CEO of this business and having to deal with big decisions like that and even finances and things that you haven't had to think of before in other kind of positions. And then just that it's, it's 24 seven, you know, it's not this eight to five clock in clock right. out. And so I feel like that's all, I'm always carrying that in some ways and it's, it's hard to take it off. Um, what about this job? Are you good at? What are, your, what are your gifts within mm. the, the discipline? And you can brag. <laughs> We're not here for humility. 
I do feel gifted in preaching. Um, I was an English major. You won an in award, college. right? <laughs> you won the award at Truett. I did. Yeah. I didn't even get close. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't even think I made an A in preaching. Okay, keep going. Um, so I was an English major. So I grew up writing. I mean, I love words. I love speaking. I just never would have said like preaching. Yeah. Uh, I did speech competitions growing up that made me comfortable speaking in front of groups of people. So, yeah. you know, I could ask me to play the piano in front of 12 people and I'm terrified. Mm. Ask me to speak in front of a couple thousand people and I'll get like a nervous buzz, but it's an exciting energy You know, speaking of which, I went to, um, remind, I feel so bad, President Linda... <laughs> Livingstone. Livingstone oh, yeah, yeah. and our installation. And you did the, <laughs> of course, her and her husband worship here. Yeah. Um, you did the prayer. Uh-huh. And I stuck around just to watch you do that because <laughs> uh, I was nervous for you. But you crushed it. Oh, you wow. were cool as a cucumber. You're like, I don't care how many thousands of people here. I got mm-hmm. this. It was a really special moment. You know what I did? I'm sorry, this is not about me. I, I no, prayed at the Baylor it. football game once. Oh, oh, you did that too. No, right? I haven't done a football game. Okay. See, I'm not up. And you're, that list there's yet. a delay between your speaking in oh, and the whole stadium, and that's awful. that's like I got a little nervous there. Like I'm gonna butcher this thing in front of however many thousands of people. Yeah. But I made it through. Way to go. And like, how do you write theology? Prescribe anything for a group that big? For a sports game. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I got off track. Uh, was seminary mm-hmm. helpful? Yes. Oh, I love seminary. Okay. And I wasn't, like I said, I was an English major in college, so I didn't come in with a lot of the okay. theological background. Was it fun or was it just helpful? Like, oh, it was fun. You, so it was a rich moment in your life. Yes. No, I I look back at that and just the relationships formed, especially with professors. Like, I mean, they cared about me as a student, but also as, as a person and were just pouring into me. Yeah. Uh, I love, in fact, you know, by the end, you're ready to be done. You're ready to move on to your next thing. And I was so excited to graduate, and then it was over, and I didn't realize how much I was going to miss it until it was over. Hmm. If we parsed all the disciplines—Hebrew uh, Bible, New Testament, theology, patristics—what what what was your wheelhouse? What made you come alive? Any um, of that? Greek, Hebrew? Not the Greek and the Hebrew. <laughs> the scriptures classes, definitely. Really? Yeah, and I I don't even know that I could say old or new. I love the scriptures classes. And they which just... which class was most helpful? Hmm. I love my preaching class with Dr. Glower. I love script one with non. Okay. Was that um, text and traditions with Glower or text and communication? Or... Um, it was preaching one. Oh, he taught preaching one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I love script three and even intro to scriptures with Artaberry. I mean, he okay. just helped me see the Bible in such new ways. Really? Yeah. He wasn't there when I was there. Oh, I miss love him. Andy. He's great. Um, and then I took a class at the School of Social Work um, oh. called Loss and Mourning with Helen Harris. Is this um, elective? Mm-hmm. They let you do that. Yes. That's cool. And it should be required for every seminary student. It would I, be agree. Wonderful. I agree. Because we probably spent one day talking about how to plan a funeral. Yeah. But we didn't talk at all about how Did to Did you have Robert people. Creech? Yes, for um, Life and Work at the I had, I had Levi Price. Okay. Gruffest Marine that ever taught a pastor class. <laughs> I did have him for an elective one year. Really? Like a J term. Okay. Uh, what what book was most helpful? Mm. That doesn't mean your favorite. Just in seminary when you were you knew this information, what book was? Ugh. I'll say the book I remember most is a book we read in preaching called Birthing the Sermon. 
and oh, it yeah. was written by female pastors talking about oh, how cool. their process of writing a sermon and all the different ways that they wrote a sermon. And that just, I think I needed so many examples of what it looks like for a woman to do this because I hadn't grown up mm. seeing that. Um, Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, We've talked about this before, so I don't want to betray listeners. This is not scripted, but we have talked about what. What's that like? Um, the moment you decide, I can do this. I should do this. And were you betraying your tradition? Were you betraying yourself? What emotions did you have to swim through? Oh gosh. Well, for me, it wasn't one moment. It was so many moments. You know, as most things are for us, I think. Um, it's just so hard, or at least it was for me, to envision myself doing something I'd never seen a woman do. And so it was a process of kind of that box being slowly opened for me. So, for instance, I remember um, going to college and taking a class called Women in the Christian Tradition. And I walked away thinking, this just isn't as black and white as I thought it was. And maybe God does call some women to do that, but, like, I could never do that. What would what would my family and friends think? What kind of church would ever call me? i just never even seen it happen. And then around that time, I had a campus minister who was pastor of a small Methodist church, and he asked me to preach for him one day. Um, and my jaw just dropped. I was like, you mean in the pulpit on a Sunday? <laughs> like, are you sure about that? And his jaw drops because he's never seen me do that before. Um, and I remember, like, wrestling with and praying about, could I be disobeying God by doing this? Because mm. I'd just been taught that that's not what God so calls me to do. So did the fear subside? Or, I mean, when did you learn to have peace, make peace with yourself? Yeah. I mean, it took a long time. It That wasn't an overnight kind of thing. Um, Calvary was a huge part of that journey because Calvary – had called Julie PR as pastor. At least the shoes were small you had to fill. <laughs> right. And so the beautiful part about that is when I came to Waco and Truett and Calvary, I was still kind of wrestling with what I thought about women in ministry. And I came to a church that had fully embraced women in ministry and had already navigated those waters as a church. And so they just affirmed me wholeheartedly, um, and that was a really beautiful thing. And I think what happened was I just looked around one day, and I thought, whether or not I can ever see myself as a pastor, these people see me as one of their pastors. Um, and then they gave me a chance to live that out, first as associate pastor and then calling me as pastor last year. So that Calvary, I would not be a pastor today without Calvary. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, the place that formed you and mm-hmm. opened the door for you all became the place that you got to get back to. Yeah, yeah. Um, is being a pastor hard? <laughs> what do you think, Josh? I'm not being interviewed. <laughs> yes, it, it is hard. Um, gosh, it's hard. I mean, there are so many days when... Compare it to hard. What kind of hard? Is it hard in the same way like a construction worker's job is hard? No, not in the same way. Um, I think it maybe goes back to that weight that you carry that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, I think as someone, as an Enneagram 2 who cares about what people think about me, mm. when you are serving in a community like this, that, that can't be your motivation, and that's hard. Mm. Um, Luckily, I don't have to deal with that at all. <laughs> Ready to go. Um, but I will say this, I, it's hard 
But then in order to make it, I've had to realize that I've got to depend on a power that's bigger than myself, that this isn't about me, Hmm. and I can absolutely run myself into the ground if I'm not, if I'm operating in a way that is about me and my abilities and my talents and my schedule and my strength. Mm -hmm. It's like, like this beautiful thing happens every week of this challenge of writing a sermon and what fresh word am I going to share with the congregation this week? And I swear, it, it, it's like manna from heaven. I feel like that mm. word comes every week. And it's something that's not of myself. It's like I hit this moment where I start writing. And I'm like, these aren't my words. Like, where did this come from? Mm. And so that's the beautiful part about it. Yes, it's incredibly hard, but you're being empowered by a spirit that is greater than yourself. And I've got to remember that. Is being a pastor easy? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, not at all. Um, but I also don't know that I could really see myself being fulfilled doing anything else. Um, what is something that Calvary does well? Hmm. You know, I was having dinner with, uh, we had a, a guest speaker last night, and I took her to dinner with another person from Calvary. And, and she was talking about her experience as uh, someone new to Calvary. She and her family moved here about a year ago. Um, and she just talked about how the community just welcomed her in. Um, like all of a sudden people had brought dinner to them as they were unpacking boxes and another family lived nearby and just walked by with dessert one evening and another group invited them to their small group that fall and the Calvary just welcomed them into its folds. And and I think that's something when we're at our best that we do well. We Whenever new people join Calvary, we say we pledge ourselves to be the family of God for you in this place. And and I think being family in this place is something we take really seriously and that we do well. We don't always get it perfect, but. Um, I have these questions <clears throat> written down, and in, in for the hearers, I sent these to Mary Alice. I, I kind of don't want to ask them because of where we are in culture, but. I, I asked you, what does it mean to speak prophetically? But then let me let them know that the next question is, what does it mean to speak pastorally? And do the two always pit themselves against each other? I don't think they pit themselves against each other. I think they have to go hand in hand. Okay. In fact, I, if I were going to preach a very prophetic sermon, I might intentionally follow it up the next week with a very pastoral sermon, or even within that same sermon to have both. Yeah. Um, because to, to speak prophetically is really speaking a word of, of challenge and pushing the congregation forward to do what we feel like God's calling us to do, um, even when it's hard. And then to speak pastorally is, is to really speak a word of care and compassion and to kind of wrap everyone up in your arms and to say, but this is who God has called us to be. And before anything else, we are children of God. And, and we've got to hold that doing and being hand in hand. And so I, I think that's kind of what we do when we hold prophetic preaching and pastoral preaching hand in hand. Um, I should have asked this after the previous question. How does mm-hmm. Calvary need to grow? Yeah. Calvary can definitely grow to get more engaged and involved in our neighborhood. Um, my house isn't far, far, far from Yeah, me, you're so. right here in So um, you guys need to come take care of us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there on Halloween. All right, I'll be out handing out candy. Oh, awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think people people are here at Calvary because they care about our neighborhood and investing in this place. Um, but then when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of actually taking the time to do that and to get out of your comfort zone and to meet someone new and to invest somewhere different, um, it's hard. And I think that's a growing edge for us. Hmm. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. Uh, let's do the favorites. <laughs> and okay. if you don't do favorites, uh, something that you really enjoy that I will make room for other betters later if you think of them. Okay. Book. To Kill a Mockingbird. I love that one. Oh, good. I, I try and do classics all the time, mm. and I hate most of them, but that one was just oh, enthralling. It's so beautiful. Okay, good answer. You passed. TV show. So I was a huge Friday Night Lights fan. Oh, yeah. And now that that is over, You're I'm a big This Is Us fan. Yeah. You know, I was uh, – so same producer – yeah. That, that, no, that did Parenthood oh. and Friday Night Lights. Yes, that's right. But the the This Is Us is like the Parenthood replacement. Exactly. Uh, and I was just like we watched last night the latest episode. And okay, I, was, I haven't seen I, it yet. I was saying to my wife, oh, I think I think I'm starting to get a little bored, and they just crushed it again last <laughs> night. <laughs> Have you seen A Million Little Things? I is that the the three four friends? Yes, the I man watched in the, the elevator. Fir- yes. I watched the first episode because there was the bar scene where the guy was like, we don't talk to each other. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, men have an intimacy problem in our culture. This could be good. And I watched it and I was like, meh. Hmm. What do you think? I'm intrigued. I, I want to give, give it a it, few more shots. How many episodes have been? Three, two? I've seen two. I think the third one came on okay. last night maybe. I'll have to see if it's on Hulu. I'll give it. I'll yeah. do another episode. Okay. okay. Uh, movie. You're going to laugh so hard at me. No, you've you crushed it so far. Yeah, but wait. Let me guess. It's um, it's the Princess Bride. No. Okay. Good. Next. What is it? <laughs> the Little Mermaid. Why is that a bad answer? I just thought you were gonna make fun of me. No. I'm getting healthy. <laughs> I'm trying to get beyond cynicism. Why? So here's the thing. I I wrote my college entrance essay about the Little Mermaid and like comparing it to my life. So this is. I mean, there's like almost a theology of it. For, yeah. behind, for you it's not just yeah. oh it was fun but i really do like i mean it's about a redheaded mermaid yeah <laughs> and the music's great so like i do love do you volunteer story. over at the zoo to do the aquarium <laughs> you know they have the mermaid is that stuff? a thing can yes. i do that yeah you can swim around in a little <gasps> fish tank well maybe that needs to be my new hobby yeah i do love swimming okay. i grew up swimming oh yeah, yeah. there you got that too right okay it, give me a little bit like uh, ariel is impactful because she yeah so so part of my story, I have a bone disorder. Yep. I break my bones really easily. So I grew up just constantly breaking bones, recovering from that, and mm. some kind of physical therapy, learning to walk again, and and then I would break another bone. So I've broken over 30 bones. And so here's the story. Can you pronounce the... Yes. Um, it's called osteogenesis imperfecta. And I, language is so important. Mm-hmm. When you say I have osteo, what do you just mm-hmm. said? Is how do we medically categorize that? Is that a condition? Is that a yeah, we a bone condition, bone disorder. But like you wouldn't use the word disease, or you wouldn't use the word. You like, could. I think part of it's like stigma when you say, "Oh, I right. have a disease." People are like, "Oh, don't touch." Well, me. Well, that's why I wanted to be careful of right, asking. Is, but. Uh, but no, I'm very comfortable talking about it and other people talking about finish it. Finish the aerial answer and then I follow yeah. up questions about this. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing is that there's my journey, like physically having to learn to walk and to, to be brave. And then there's Ariel who also has to go like to learn to walk and to yeah. be brave What's and the to be song? Part, of, part of your world. I want to, what do they call it? Feet. You know that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's you. Okay. That's me. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, there was, there was a, a do you a sing? personal connection with that, too. Sometimes I sing, yes. Sometimes I sing in sermons. 
I actually, a few weeks ago, I started singing Seasons of Love from Rent, and the whole congregation started singing with me. Isn't and it that was the best? Epic. I loved it. So I can't sing. This past weekend, Taylor mm. preached for me, mm-hmm. and she sang. She used to teach uh, voice for her students. Oh. I mean, she oh, crushed wow. it. It was beautiful. And I just was, so while she was singing, singing, I was thinking, I feel so bad for these people that I can't do this. <laughs> you know, Bert sings. Oh. Uh, Bert's, uh, I guess, a, a pretty good singer. I can see that. Um, I this this Sunday I'm actually gonna sing. Are you? Yeah, and we're doing a series on stages of faith and it's evangelicalism. Hmm. So um, I'm gonna invoke some awesome God at some point and get them to to bite. Very cool. Let me know how that goes. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that might be my last sermon. Um, okay, Re- Waco restaurant. Ooh, um, Cafe Cappuccino and Lula Jane's. Oh, good one. I've I've started doing cookies from Lula Jane's. Oh, they're the best chocolate chip cookies ever. They do those right. Yep. Okay, now let's go back to the osteo. <laughs> okay. No, this is uh, my yeah. question. I actually thought of this while and coming in. Do you feel like that has given you a unique vantage point to share good news? Can, can Are yes. you able to see something that the rest of us can't see? Yes. Okay. I will say. And does it affect your preaching? I think because it affects my life, it affects right. my preaching, you right. know? Um, I think having living through some times of significant pain and challenge have really equipped me to sit with other people in times of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the question I was constantly asking growing up is like, why did this happen to me? Like, why do all my other friends, they don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z they can go do whatever they want to do. They don't have to think about if they could get hurt or if they're going to break a bone or all those things. Um, and, uh, you know, theologically, I remember asking myself, is this, is God punish me, me in some mm. way? Did I do something wrong? Um, and so sorting through all that and realizing I, I don't know why bad things happen. Like I don't have a good answer for that, but really coming to a place where I realized that God was with me in those moments. Yeah. Um, I mean that for me to to experience that at such a young age, I think really has equipped me as a pastor, and then also just ta- it's taught me not to take anything for granted. Mm. Like, so I fell here this summer. It was the first time I've fallen in ten years. It scared me to death, um, and I didn't break anything. And after mm. I think I recovered from the trauma of falling, I just thought, okay, this is incredible. Like I'm. Just, at a place right now where I'm strong enough that I didn't break anything, something yeah. that I would have broken several bones several years ago. Um, and so it's just taught me to not take anything for granted and to be present and to live each moment and, and yeah, to see the, the good news in every day. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't a pastor <laughs> and money was not an object, yeah, what would you want to do? I would be a writer, and I would live in a house on the beach. Ugh, what a great life. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wonder how many pastors would give a similar answer. That's interesting. We should do a study. I've tried to start writing recently. Yeah? Well, more more actively. I do feel like we are given a gift and that we're asked to write something every week that matters deeply to people mm-hmm. and then speak it. Mm-hmm. It's so much practice. 
And it's yeah. so much meaningful practice. Yes. And it's demanded of us. Yes. I think that's an advantage we might have as writers. Oh, I agree. Not saying I'm a good writer or anybody is, but just that's yeah. a gift, right? Well, and I also say like when I'm working on a sermon, it's not meant to be read. It's meant to be heard right. and experienced. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm constantly thinking about that. Like I, I've started publishing my sermon manuscripts on the website, mm. but I really, you, you hear things in such a right. different way. And so I, and I, I wouldn't want to miss that component of it either. Cause right. that's really important to me. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, I've often thought about, do I need to make these accessible? But not just my millions of grammatical errors that I would have that I ignore <laughs> when I write spelling, whatever. Uh-huh. Or I write to speak, and that does not look at all on a page like right. you're hearing it. Yeah. Um, so you would be a writer on a beach. I mean, I just love the beach. Yeah. My soul just needs to see the waves come in and uh, out. What's your favorite body of water? Is it the bay? Is it uh, the Ocean. Gulf? The, so the Atlantic, uh, Pacific? Uh, Atlantic or the What Gulf. city would you pick? Oh. Are you like a South Carolina person? Or are you a... I don't know that I have a... I've, my family has been going to Hilton Head the past few years, and that's okay. been great in how South about, Carolina. Uh, how about Atlantic City? I've never been there. Play some slots and stuff. <laughs> Is that what you would do if you were not a pastor? Just play gamble? <laughs> in Atlantic City? No, I would... If I was good at it, I would also like to be a writer... I would mm. not move to any ocean water, though. I would go to mm. waters. Well, I'd go to the Great Lakes, Lake Superior. Oh, but it's cold. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Um, I'm a, I'm a white walker. It's fine. You watch Game of Thrones? No. Good for you. It's not edifying. Um, have you ever wanted to quit? Not yet. Okay. Um, but I will say there have been days when I really wished I could just have an 8 to 5 kind of job. Mm. But I, I, I love it too much to quit. Okay, I think we established this earlier. You've been at it nine years. Senior pastor for how many again? Three, four? One. One. Really? <laughs> One yeah, in a couple you months. Just, you, see, you're just you're killing it. You're making me okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would ninth-year pastor Mary Alice tell first-year pastor Mary Alice about ministry since yeah. you are new to this job? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I would say is, is you can do this mm-hmm. because I came in that first year – if you had told me that first year that I were going to be here nine years later and that I were going to be pastor, I mean, I would have laughed in your face. Mm, I know about that way. Go suck. <laughs> right. Um, but but there was also just a piece of confidence that I, I needed to see what it looked like for a woman to do this. And I needed to believe that, like, by God's grace, you can do this, too. Um, so I would have needed to hear that. I also think one of the biggest lessons I've learned and I'm learning is just to listen, to hear God's voice within me when there are so many other voices competing for your attention. Right. Um, mm. And learning to listen to that. That's a good that. word for me today. Yeah. Learning to listen to that voice is some of the most important spiritual work I think we can do. Okay. We're nearing the end. Okay. Do you, and, and I, I'm trying to shoot for a half hour. Do you have a book of the Bible that you really love? I really love Luke. Okay. I just... I love all the stories. I love that it's always the person you least expect. I love that he gives women such a significant part in the story. It's like the upside-down gospel. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a book of the Bible or text that you like to preach then? See, I don't know that I've been preaching long enough that I feel like I have one book Mm. or text. Um, But I will say recently I feel like I'm constantly going back to the Ephesians 3 blessing that oh yeah it's beautiful how wide, by god's how grace right after that that okay. uh, that 
by God's power work within you that you yeah. can do infinitely mm-hmm. more than you could ever dare to ask or imagine. I just feel like that is the word I need to hear every day and that Calvary needs to hear that this is about something that's bigger than ourselves, but that by God's power within us, we can do so much more than we realize. So, Okay. Do you have a book of the Bible that you don't like to preach from? So I haven't been brave enough to tackle Revelation yet. Um, yeah. Have you? I actually have done a series on the letters to the churches. Huh, cool. Um, I mean, then after what? It it becomes recalcitrant because that's the nature of the book, right? Everything shows up differently. So I don't think it's a book to preach through, Hmm. but it's it's fun. And I I mean, I preach a version of Revelation 4 and 5 that talks a lot about the um, images and how they're located in the first century. Cool. So it's basically a repeat of anti-assimilation literature, but I think that's very relevant for today. Yeah. Okay. This you kind of just did. You get a minute to ask me any questions you want. You can turn the table for a minute. Whoa. Oh. Okay. I get to give really short answers though. Is being a pastor hard? Yes. Why? Because uh, damn it, it's hard, and <laughs> I want to have my own voice and not have to carry your weight. That's what's hardest for me. Mm. Is it's not natural for me to care about what you care about. Mm-hmm. So I have to work hard for compassion. What is your favorite part of being a pastor? I love meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And I'm always so honored when they want to be a part of our community. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. Curiosity mm-hmm. is like the thing that I can keep giving forever. Mm-hmm. So I just want to hear people's stories. Yeah. And I love having them over and hanging out. Yeah. That's great. And people want to know the pastor, at least in the South. So that's like fun to, to yeah. be wanted that way. Yeah. Hang on to that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mary Alice Pastor, Mary (laughs) Alice Birdwhistle, thank you for being the first ever guest on Pastors and Parishes Eating Pizza. Hey, it was fun. I got to have lunch with Josh Carney.